What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. And last week we tried something new. And some of you guys loved it. Some of you guys didn't like it. And it seems like people are pretty split on whether they prefer the rankings videos or the matchup videos. So we're just going to do one and one It's a lot of work to go through every single matchup twice. It's honestly like it sucks to just go through the matchups again on camera. The write-up's not that bad. But we're going to do it one and one So we're going to do running back matchups, wide receiver rankings. I also will say on the back end of yesterday's video, I was asking, should we do running back matchups, wide receiver rankings every week? Or should I swap swap it, right? We do running back matchups, wide receiver rankings this week. And then next week we could do wide receiver matchups, and then running back tier list rankings. So let me know if you guys want me to switch it up or if you guys just like running backs Thursdays, wide receivers on Friday. So we have our top 30 wide receivers to go through today. I expanded it out for you guys. We're going to put them into tiers, all of that good stuff. Let's not, let's not waste any time. If you enjoyed the video, make sure you down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now I'm going to keep it a buck with you guys. We do not have an editor for today's video. So we're out here one take Drake style. Now I will say if any of you guys out there have seen the tier list videos in the past, I know uh, Mason over at flock does it really well. If any of you guys see that and are like, I could, I could replicate that once a week, hit my line in the G Gmail, in the DMs. I have my Gmail linked in the description down below. Now, for today, we have a couple of ground rules for this tier list video. First of all, it's going to be PPR. Second of all, we're skipping SNA tier. As you guys can see, they're already on the screen, so we can go deeper than 24. A big comment on the last one was, hey, we're starting our top 24 wide receiver. Let's go a little bit deeper than that. So we're gonna go top 30, but I just won't cover the guys that are in my eyes must start. If you have any of these wide receivers on your team, they need to be in your lineup. On top of that, we're going to be skipping the Thursday night game because this is going to come out on Friday. So you, if, if you started or sat Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, whatever, that has already happened. So that lets us get even deeper, right? Because if McLaurin and Samuel were in this list, now we're expanding that out to like 32. Last thing for this video right now, just based on the news I have, I'm going to assume that Michael Thomas and Keenan Allen are both out this week now we'll get more information as practice reports come out on friday but i'm recording this thursday 4 45 p.m this is the info that i have to work off of now let's get into this let's start with our wide receiver nine in b tier and i'll say b tier right so s tier to me top three untouchable elite 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 options a tier those are your firm elite wide receiver ones set it and forget it type wide receiver ones for this week and then these are my back end wide receiver one so i still like them as like top 12 options this week but they're not no brainers and first up we have marquise brown and this is easily the highest i've ever ranked him in a given week probably dating back to last year and he has a matchup here pretty much everybody in this matchup right it's marquise brown on the road in seattle and this is the matchup of the week or not the matchup of the week the chiefs versus bills probably is but this is going to be a really fun game the over-under is over 50 points. There should be fireworks. This is the two worst PFF coverage defenses here. The Cardinals and Seahawks can't play defense. Geno's playing out of his mind. Kyler Murray's always going to be a force. So you have a lot at play here where the wide receivers have very favorable matchups against the secondary, and it should be an environment that encourages scoring. And Marquise Brown right now is really hot. He has three straight 20-plus point games. He's the wide receiver seven in points per game. You get... One last week here, I think one last week, maybe one more week after this, without DeAndre Hopkins, 
if it, if he was going to come out here and set the world on fire for another week, it would be in week six. Now, our next wide receiver is in that same game, DK Metcalf at wide receiver 10. Again, probably the highest I've ranked him since last season. And we're putting a lot of our eggs in this basket of the Seattle versus Cardinals game. But you kind of just have to trust the market when it comes to these high over-under games, especially during this week when outside of the Bills-Chiefs game and outside of the Seahawks-Cardinals game, I don't think there's any games out there with even above like a 47 over-under. All of these games aren't all that sexy outside of this, you know, few that we like on the market. But with DK Metcalf, he is coming off of three straight top 24 finishes against big boy corners. He's coming out here, putting up top 24 finishes against AJ Terrell, Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda doesn't really count, but I mean, he's he looks solid. I want to say, who did the Saints play, or the Lions played somebody where he looked solid. He almost like shut him down in a way. It might have been Jefferson. It might have been Justin Jefferson. I think Justin Jefferson played the Lions, and he didn't really score much. And I'm not going to say Okuda shut him down, but Okuda was a top five pick, and it seems like he's kind of riding the ship on him being a potential bust. Regardless, he puts up another top 24 finish against Marshawn Lattimore last week. And now he gets a matchup versus PFF's worst-graded coverage defense. Now, he is getting outscored by his counterpart, Tyler Lockett, but he is the big boy alpha wide receiver in this offense with a 27% target share to Lockett's 20%. I do think boom weeks are in the cards for DK Metcalf. If there was ever a time for him to hit you with like a 165-yard, two-touchdown game, it would be this Sunday. Now, we have a much less desirable matchup here. And, and I will say a lot of these games outside of like a few of them aren't like super sexy matchups. And this is one of them here. We have the Cowboys on the road in Philly. I want to say they're like six or seven point underdogs. And it's not going to be a relatively easy day for CD Lamb. He's going up against a Philly defense that is third and past DVOA and has a potential shadow matchup with Darius Slay. I will say Darius Slay could maybe follow Gallup. I'm saying probably not, though. Darius Slay did just let Marquise Brown go crazy on him, but before that, I want to say he was also dealing with an injury last week. Before that, he was really elite. Even in a bad matchup against a really good corner, they're going to be trailing on the road. They'll have to pass the ball a ton, and I can only rank CeeDee Lamb so low based on quarterback play and matchup. He has just exceeded my wildest dreams this year. And it's crazy because he's only like wide receiver 15. He hasn't really scored a ton of points. But when Dak comes back, it is wheels all the way up for CeeDee Lamb. He has now had our biggest concern going into the year is that his career high target share was like 20%. He was never like the true alpha dominating targets. And this year he's been insane. He is the only player. This is a stat from JJ Zacharyson. He's the only player to see a 30% target share or better, in four more games this year. He is number one in the entire NFL in target share with a 35% target share. So I think just given how much volume he's seeing and how much of the offense he's commanding, I think for that reason, he needs to be a fringe wide receiver one every week. Now, moving on to our next tier here, you go from guys that I, I view as like low-end wide receiver ones this week to C tier, which I'd have, I would name these guys as like luxury wide receiver twos. They are very strong wide receiver twos. You can make the case for them to be wide receiver ones, but it just doesn't feel right to put them as a wide receiver one. And first up here, we have Mike Dub, Mike, oh, Mike Williams going up against the Broncos at home. Now he has a really tough matchup here. The Broncos secondary is no joke. They have allowed the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers so far, and he should probably see shadow coverage from Patrick Sertain. 
Now, to give some positives here, Keenan Allen is still not practicing, so Mike Williams should be the focal point of this offense or the focal point of this passing offense for another week. He's now had 10 or more targets in three of his last four games. He's seeing volume that we've never really seen him command before. So even against a really tough defense here, I still like him as like a fine boom bust option like he always is as the focal point of this passing offense. Again, I'm assuming that Keenan Allen misses another week. He's still day-to-day. It's Thursday today. He still hasn't practiced yet. It doesn't seem likely that he is going to suit up this weekend. Now, this is now our third wide receiver out of five that is in this game, and it's Tyler Lockett. And this is similar to, of course, like Metcalf, like Hollywood. Both of these secondaries are awful. It's going to be shootout potential galore, if you will. And Lockett is currently the wide receiver 12 in points per game, despite only a 20% target share. He has massive weekly upside. We know who Tyler Lockett is. He catches deep balls, scores touchdowns, a spike week. It feels like one or both of them should have a big week between Metcalf and Lockett, just a matter of which one. Then at wide receiver 14, we have Jalen Waddle. And I get it. Wide receiver 14 feels pretty high for a guy who has been pretty cold recently, right? Where he hasn't scored over six points since week three. He has a backup quarterback this week in Skylar Thompson, but I do feel like better days are ahead here, especially as home favorites this week at home against the Vikings. And the best thing about Jalen Waddle and why I'm not overly concerned about having poor quarterback play from Skylar Thompson, possibly Teddy Bridgewater, is that he creates his own efficiency after the catch from splash plays. And it feels like he's due right now. He gets a matchup versus a Viking secondary that is dead last in explosive pass percentage allowed. If there was ever a week for him to catch a slant and take it to the house, it would be against a soft Viking secondary that is 26th in DVOA in their pass defense. The Vikings are going to want to push the tempo, score fast, so it's going to be a solid environment for the Dolphins that have to keep up with the Vikings at home. Now, our wide receiver 15 is going to be Cortland Sutton here, and he gets a solid matchup. He's going to be a road underdog. They'll have to pass the ball versus a Chargers defense that is allowing the 10th most fantasy points two wide receivers and the chargers are a great matchup for the broncos here because the chargers play fast and they throw a lot which means the broncos are going to have to either keep up or get blown out and that's a good predicament to be in for these pass catchers in fantasy now sutton has had a fine season so far he's wide receiver 15 with a 28 percent target share he would probably be like a top 10 top 8 wide receiver if russell wilson wasn't having like the worst stretch of his entire career but i think he's a fine start this week You just need the Broncos to start scoring points. Then we have wide receiver 16, Gabe Davis, who put up a Randy Moss stat line last week. He had three catchers, 171 yards, two touchdowns, just went absolutely crazy. Now, he did have only an 18% target share, which was his, his season high, but that's sort of what you sign up for with Gabe Davis. He's not going to give you 25% target share and be this volume hog. What he's going to be is he's going to be the deep threat option tied to Josh Allen. And when games shoot out and when the bills get rolling, he is always in play to have like a hundred plus yards and two touchdowns, even if that's on two to three catches. Now he had a 20 yard a dot last week, which is just absolutely insane. He has the upside to win you a week. And I like going back to him here as a piece of this offense in the highest over-under of the slate, 53.5 over-under, Bills 
at Chiefs. The, the Bills are actually weirdly favorites heading into Arrowhead, which is crazy. Um, I, not to go on a little bit of a rant there or a tangent, but I do think I think it's a trap line, man. I, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, how could the Chiefs? I think it's like the first time Mahomes has ever not been a favorite at home. It feels like they're daring you to take the the points with the Chiefs. So I don't know, like sort of similar to the the Thursday night game from week one where the Bills go to the Rams. The Bills are favorites there. Everyone's like, oh, we got to take the Rams at home. Sean McVay in the opener, whatever, whatever. It feels like the Chiefs are the really, really obvious play there. Now, regardless, super high over under and the Chiefs secondary is really soft. They are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers right now. If Gabe Davis was going to get us another 25 plus point game here, it would be this week. Then at wide receiver 17, we have Michael Pittman. And he quietly has been kind of disappointing since week one. He hasn't had a top 24 finish since that week. He only has a 23% target share on a 6.6 ADOT, which is kind of like, that's almost like young Debo type usage. And we all know Pittman isn't a Debo type playmaker or like yards after the catch guy. There's only maybe like two or three guys that are to uh, Pittman's credit. But it's weird. It's a weird usage profile. His ADOT's come down like four yards. His target share isn't what it was last year. And you also have... No efficiency helping him out from Matt Ryan. So a lot of things going against him here. But he has a decent matchup here where he's going to be at home versus the Jaguars. The Jaguars are a solid defense right now, but they haven't looked great since like week three. You have to think that a get right game is coming here soon for Pittman where he scores like or where he puts up like eight catches for like 100 yards and gives you like an 18 point day. I think that's coming here soon. I don't mind betting on it this week. Now, our last wide receiver in our, you know, luxury wide receiver twos area is going to be Christian Kirk and Christian Kirk has kind of has kind of cooled off a little bit here where the last two weeks he hasn't been a top 24 wide receiver I don't think I don't think that he's put up over like 10 or 15 points since week three and this Jaguars team as a whole has kind of cooled off I will say though his best game of the year was against this Colts team he's going to be in Indianapolis and that's when he dropped 25 points was in week two against the Colts. So I think the Colts defense isn't anything crazy, but I will say that the, their offense is so bad that they almost like they almost drag the other team into deep waters and like they bowl. It just ends up being an ugly game like we saw on Thursday, 12 to nine. We could see that again. We could see like a 16 to seven game. If it ends up being a normal environment, Kirk is probably fine against a Colts passing defense that is 21st in pass DVOA. So nothing too, too crazy there. Now, that was a huge tier. Next up, we have D tier, who I would call fringe top 24 options, not must starts, but they're the upper tier of these next guys. And at wide receiver 19, we have Chris Godwin. Now, he hurt a lot of managers last week. He only played on 54% of the routes after playing on 89% of the routes in his first game back. And that's not because it was a re-injury thing. The reason his routes came down was because apparently they had a lead in the second half, or not apparently, but they had a lead in the second half and they sat Chris Godwin it, or it sounds like in games they, they're up big in the second half they're going to sit Chris Godwin so that's a little bit of a concern here where the Bucks are eight and a half point favorites to the Steelers in Pittsburgh but you never know now the reason I am at wide receiver 19 is the talent is there he's been the Godwin that we know and we signed up for on a per route basis just a matter of him playing a full route participation you have a couple outs to this bet here he can score early in the game. The Steelers can make this a competitive game or Godwin could be 100% healthy and no longer on a route, you know, count where he's getting pulled in the second half. So you have a couple outs. I think that he could get off to like, you know, 
six for 70 and a touchdown in like the first half or the first three quarters. There's a bunch of outs with Chris Godwin. I just don't think it's wise to bet against him once we get this deep into the wide receiver area. Then we have another wide receiver that's sort of been tricky because of injuries. He was a brutal start last week. I think he put up literally zero points, injured his ankle in the first quarter. He hasn't practiced since. As of right now, I'm assuming that he's going to play, but make sure you pay attention to Friday's practice report. If he comes out limited, then he's probably up in the air. If he gets a full practice in, then he's probably good to go. If he's a DNP, then you should probably find a replacement. Now, outside of the injury, he's been great. He's had 14 or more points in every game that he's played, 50% or more of the snaps in. And he gets a Saints defense here that is allowing the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And Marshawn Lattimore is a good corner, of course. But if he shadows anybody, it should probably be Chase, which should open things up for T. Higgins. Then we have, at wide receiver 21, Deontay Johnson. And you're like, why would you put him at wide receiver 21 if he's the wide receiver 38 on the year? And that's a great question, but you just have to bet on the volume. And it's not even like, okay, Kenny Pickett came in and his volume has evaporated. No. He had the most targets he's had this entire year in week five with 13 targets. He now has a 28.2% target share on the entire season. And in terms of volume, it's all there. Expected points is one of my favorite metrics to look at. It just takes into account how many targets, your A dot, your red zone targets, how many points based on the volume you're getting should you be scoring. Right now, Deontay Johnson is the wide receiver 10 in expected points, but he's the wide receiver 38 in actual points. He's underperforming a 17.1 point per game volume by 5.8 points per game, which is insane. If we look at his entire career, even with Big Ben and a bunch of inefficiency from his quarterbacks, he has never underperformed his volume by more than one. So right now he's at minus 5.8. He's never been lower than minus one. So you have to think things will correct themselves. He's seeing volume even with Pickett. And even in a tough matchup here against Tampa Bay, I think you have to just keep playing him. If he's going to keep commanding targets, the points will follow suit. I'm still betting on him as a top 24 wide receiver in some of my lineups. Next, we have Amari Cooper, who is going to be at home versus New England, and he put up last week his third top 12 finish of the season, and he's been a really nice where, or he's been a really nice start where he's either giving you zeros or he's giving you like, not week winning weeks, but he's giving you like a nice little like 20, 25 piece, which is really nice in terms of wide receiver scoring, but he gets a tough matchup this week. He is going to be playing against a New England secondary that is top 10 in past DVOA defense. It should also be a low scoring game where we saw the Patriots D hold a Detroit Lions defense that was top five in scoring offenses, right? Just put up like 45 points to the Seahawks the week before, who of course the Seahawks don't have a great defense, but they were humming. They even put up a bunch of points on Philly in week one, and they come out here against the Patriots and drop a goose egg. I think we're going to see Belichick. I think Belichick pretty much has Jared Goff's number right from the Super Bowl, and this is like a really hand-in-the-dirt take. Belichick... Coach Jacoby Brissett, I don't know the stats on him versus former quarterbacks, but I think he's going to give Brissett some issues. Regardless, the volume should be enough, and Amari Cooper has had a good enough track record this year that he should still be considered a fringe wide receiver two option. Then at wide receiver 23, we have Chris Olave. And he left last week's game with a concussion, but he's trending towards playing this week. He stole up 15 points last week despite leaving early for an injury which is crazy. And now he gets a tough matchup at home against a Cincinnati Bengals pass D that is seventh in pass DVOA defense. 
Regardless, though, Olave, if he suits up, you have to start him. The volume has been crazy. For a rookie, his volume has been wild. Jamar Chase last year, I want to say, had like a 23% target share. We were thrilled to see Devonta Smith with like a 22% target share on like a 14-yard A dot. He has like a full-on like 15, 16, 17-yard A dot. He leads the NFL in air yards and has a 25.8% target share as a rookie. I've said this a million times. I am very, very impressed with Chris Olave. You also have the idea here that Jameis Winston could play instead of Andy Dalton, which I think would help Chris Olave. So a lot of things going his way. I think he's still a nice fringe top 24 guy, even as he's battling injury. Then we have our other rookie wide receiver here that's been performing very well. Drake London is going to be at home against San Francisco. Now, he's cooled off a bunch since like week three in terms of scoring points, but he's still commanding a ton of volume. He is third in the NFL with a 33.3% target share. It's really just that Mariota has been underperforming. Arthur Smith has been calling a lot of run plays. And now they get another tough matchup here against the number one DVOA defense in the 49ers, but they're going to be home underdogs to the Niners, which means they should be forced to pass the ball. Now, whether that's going to be Mariota or if he's going to get yanked for Desmond Ritter, regardless, there should be some pass volume in this game. And if there's pass volume, Drake London should be accounting for a third of it. He's like a lot of these guys in this tier. Tough matchup, but you have to just bank on the volume that he's commanded. Now, when we get to E tier, these are my high-end wide receiver three options. And up top at wide receiver 25, we have Devonta Smith. He's coming off his second top 12 finish in three weeks. He's commanded solid volume despite being next to A.J. Brown with a 25% target share, which is just extremely impressive. I think Devonta Smith, I think when we look back, I think Devonta Smith and Chris Olave's profiles as like rookies and second year guys and even prospects, very, very similar Olave and Devonta Smith, even in just how they win in terms of just, you know, being like svelte route running savant type guys. Regardless, so when we talk about Devonta Smith, he's going to be at home in a tough matchup versus a Dallas defense that is top five in past DVOA, but the volume should be there. Again, 25% target share at this point. They're like five, six, seven point favorites at home to the Cowboys. They should be able to score. And I think if anything, Trevon Diggs or any of like the premium guys on this Cowboys defense should probably be allocated towards AJ Brown, towards Jalen Hurts. So I like Devonta Smith to get free in this one. Then at wide receiver 26, we have Adam Thielen. He's going to be on the road versus Miami. He dropped a 6.7 dud last week, but he's been fine for fantasy is what I'd call him. Now, I do think that he's due for some touchdown regression here. He's eighth in red zone targets. He's always been a guy who scores touchdowns, and yet he's only at one touchdown this season. I think he's due for another touchdown very soon here, and he gets a light matchup against Miami, which is a pass defense that is dead last in pass DVOA defense. It, if there was ever a spot here for Adam Thielen to score a touchdown or two, I like it against this Miami defense. At wide receiver 27, we have Jacoby Myers, who is trending towards must-start territory at this point. He has the fourth-highest target share in the NFL at 31.8%, and that's with Billy Zappi, and that's also with Mac Jones, and that's with a three-game sample size, which is pretty big five games in. And he's the wide receiver eight in points per game. He's someone that needs to be in your lineup if you have him. And it's not a great matchup. I would call it neutral against this Cleveland secondary regardless you have to ride the hot hand he has been money in all the games he's played then our last wide receiver in this area is going to be wide receiver 28 Alan Lazard and he's such a tough one he's fifth among all wide receivers in touchdowns despite missing a game he's probably still a good bet to score another touchdown 
at home versus a Jets secondary that is 23rd in pass DVOA defense. You're pretty much hoping for a big play. It might be there for him. I don't think he's a terrible like wide receiver three type bet this week. And then our last two are going to be an F tier. And these are going to be our low end wide receiver threes flex option area. And you can put a billion names in here. These are just the two that I rattled off here. Again, I think that there's probably like eight to 10 guys in this tier. So whoever you like, you can put in here. But at wide receiver 29, I have Juju. And he let us down last week. I had him as my wide receiver 24. But we're going back to the well here. All right. He's now seen eight targets in four out of five games and has zero touchdowns despite being in one of the NFL's most prolific scoring offenses. He's also 11th in the NFL in red zone targets, yet only has zero touchdowns. It feels like the touchdowns are on the way. And he gets Buffalo this week, which have a really, really strong defense. But at the same time, this is the highest over-under of the week. Apparently, the Chiefs are going to be underdogs at home, which means that they're going to have to pass the ball and score. It feels like if it was ever going to happen, it would be this week for Juju. And then our wide receiver 30, Jerry Judy, on the road versus the Chargers. And he's been boom-bust boom all season, right? We talked about it with Sutton, but it feels like this is a pressure point for, those, for this Broncos offense, where L.A., the Chargers are going to force them to keep up the pace, to pass the ball, like we just saw them do with the Browns. The Browns sort of run a slower offense. They want to run the ball, hold on to things, and they stretched it out to a shootout. I want to say it was like 55-plus total points in that game. If the Broncos can keep up, we should see something similar here with the Chargers. That's just kind of how their games have gone this year. And this Chargers pass defense is extremely beatable. They're 24th in PFF pass coverage, and they're allowing the 10th most fantasy points two wide receivers. Now, I'll admit, Judy is much more boom-bust than a guy like Sutton. Sutton has a much higher target share. But if Judy has a really nice shot here for sort of like in week one, like four for 101, or he could give you like four for 30 and you'd be pretty upset. But that's kind of just the range we're in here at wide receiver 30. Now, that's going to do it for us today, fellas. As always, make sure you check out the Patreon, patreon.com. Nope, that's not it. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I will have my full rankings on there. Literally, as soon as I hit off on this camera, I'm going to sit down on my laptop, grind out the week six rankings, and that'll be live for the patrons. So if you want access to weekly rankings, if you want access to start sit streams on Sunday, rest of season rankings, waiver wire, fab bid recommendations, the whole nine, that'll be on patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. But if you can't contribute in that way, a like, a subscribe goes a long, long way. Now, I have a lot to get into here. We're also a little bit late on this Thursday upload. I, I'm recording this before the Thursday video is even live. So you guys will probably know that by Friday. I don't know. We're getting into a bunch of stuff here. Regardless, enjoy the rest of your Friday, and I will see you guys. In the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Geno, Chatham's on. Foolies, glad I'm on. Even my haters kind of glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag of on. Rapper, song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner.